1: You know, this could be a Jerry Lewis marathon show, quite frankly, with all that's going on and all we need to discuss. By the way, Stormy Daniels, I understand she's going to be hosting a show on MSNBC one of these days. Maybe she'll work with Scarborough and Mika, since they're so obsessed with her. See how they bounce around like ping pong balls? Whatever happened to that author, Michael Wolff? Gone. Whatever happened to that professor from Yale, the psychology professor, gone? Just keep moving, hitting, punching, jabbing, right? There's a lot of big stuff going on here. There's also an omnibus budget bill that's getting prepared to pass, and you're not going to like what's in it. Virtually every liberal agenda item's in it. We're going to get to that. I know some of my brothers and sisters in this business, they don't want to talk about that because, you know, Republicans good, Democrats bad, and so forth and so on. But before we do that, I want you to know we have a couple of excellent guests tonight too, and I don't have a lot of guests. Mr. Putin, who so many of my fellow conservatives in talk radio used to praise. Well, he's a killer, he's a thug, he's robbing his people blind. He's a threat to our country. And now he's threatening our uh, energy grid. And that's a big deal. That's war. We're going to have Dr. Peter Pry on. You may recall him from a Levin TV episode. He's an expert on this issue, and I felt we need to speak to him. And we'll have others. But first, everybody's talking about new text messages that have come out, and rightly so. Text messages that were never to see the light of day. Rod Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, sought to cover them up and obstruct the House Intelligence Committee, Mr. Nunes in particular, from getting access to these texts. So Mr. Rosenstein is a cover-up artist. Mr. Rosenstein is a saboteur. Mr. Rosenstein has been giving cover to Robert Mueller, to Hillary Clinton, to Bill Clinton, to the Democrat Party, to the Perkins Coy law firm, to Fusion GPS, to Christopher Steele, and even the Russians. Well, how else do you explain it? How else do you explain it? Mr. Mueller has absolutely no interest in chasing down actual Russian interference with our elections, On Barack Obama's watch, has he interviewed Barack Obama? Has he interviewed Joe Biden? Has he interviewed Susan Rice about any of this? Of course not. He's in Qatar or the UAE or wherever the hell he's going. But we have more, a lot more. Because there are some serious men and women in Congress who are trying their level best to get to the bottom of what I will now call the greatest scandal in American history. It's not Stormy Wetsert Daniels. You are now living through learning about the greatest scandal in American history. When there was an effort by the Obama administration, the Hillary Clinton campaign, the DNC, numerous left-wing Democrat operatives, the Department of Justice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation and aspects and elements of our intelligence agencies to influence our elections, more than the Russians, more than Putin. That's stunning, and it is shocking. And when the history is written about this, when the history is written about this, and I study a lot of history, ancient history, so-called modern history, American history, The media will be seen as culprits, as aiders and abettors in what took place, domestic political spying, efforts to fix an election, endless felonious leaks, the unmasking of American citizens. It is absolutely horrific what has taken place in this country. And believe me when I tell you, it has taken place in this country. Now we have some more text messages. No thanks to Mr. Rosenstein. No thanks to Mr. Mueller. No thanks to Mr. Schiff. No thanks to the media. No thanks to the Democrat Party. And I would ask, where have all the civil libertarians gone? Where have they gone? Where's the ACLU? Where are the so-called civil libertarians in Hollywood? Nowhere. They're frauds and fakes. They always have been. What about the editorial page of the New York Times? It's as silent as it was silent during the Holocaust. Where's the Washington Post? Which pursued Watergate. They're pursuing nothing except the President of the United States. So they've all exposed themselves as what they are and who they are. And you have every reason to detest them and disrespect them. Every reason. Because in the face of the greatest scandal in in American history, and that's what this is. That's what this is. There have been certain voices that have been raised, other voices that seek to pursue obstruction and cover-up. Let's start with the Fox News channel. Brooke Singman, the federal judge who presided over former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn's case last year before mysteriously being recused, had a personal relationship with anti-Trump FBI official Peter Strzok, according to text messages obtained and reviewed by Fox News. The revelations about you—now, if we had a real Deputy Attorney General— He would have held a press conference as soon as he saw these text messages and informed the American people about what took place. Mr. Rosenstein is as much involved in this massive cover-up as anybody else. He says he's defending the Department of Justice. He's destroying the Department of Justice. He's a nerdy bureaucrat apparatchik. He's incapable Of doing the right thing. He's incapable of being a statesman. He doesn't see the big picture. He's myopic. Let me go on. The revelations. About U.S. District Court Judge. Rudolph Contreras. Are found in a new batch of text messages. Between Strzok. And his FBI paramour. Lisa Page. That's a nice way of saying adulteress, And he's an adulterer. Contreras was appointed to the Federal Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court in 2016. A topic of conversation between Stroke and Page. Quote, Rudy, meaning the judge. Rudy's on the FISC. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, FISC, actually. Do you know that? Page, text Stroke on July 25, 2016. Just appointed two months ago. So the Hillary Clinton cover-up investigation is over. And now they've moved on to Trump and Russia. Now, Stroke replies, I did. We talked about it before and after. I need to get together with him. Let's stop there. So the man in charge of counterintelligence, you've seen his past emails, covering up and obstructing for Hillary Clinton who has a a desire to destroy Donald Trump, this is an FBI senior official is very excited because the FISA court judge is his friend is his buddy, it's Rudy Rudy, not your honor, not the judge, it's Rudy stroke Investigated matters of counterintelligence at the FBI, which typically went through the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Texts reflect Page asking why Stroke hadn't told her about Contreras being on the court. Stroke said he thought he had shared the information. In the texts, Stroke mentioned a graduation party, quote-unquote. He and Contreras both recently attended. He also texted about the the importance of, quote, being circumspect and talking to him in terms of not placing him in a situation where he'd have to recuse himself. So, Stroke is so strategic and so diabolical. The lead investigator against the President of the United States. He says, look, we got to do this the right way. We don't want to lose my buddy Rudy on the FISA court. We've got to do this the right way. We've got to be circumspect. That is, reflective about how we pursue this. Now, his adulterous girlfriend, Paige, replied that she couldn't, quote, imagine either one of you talk about anything in detail meaningful enough to warrant recusal, unquote. Paige added, standards for recusal are quite high. I just don't think this poses an actual conflict, and he doesn't know what you do. So what she's doing is saying, sweetheart, go ahead and talk to him. It's so high the standard for Rudy to accuse himself. You know. Now, Stroke replies, Stroke the adulterer, generally he does know what I do. Not the level or scope or area, but he's super thoughtful and rigorous about ethics and conflicts. Really? Really? Well, he sat on the court. He knew who Stroke was. And he waits to recuse himself. He waits. Very ethical. Stroke, who briefly served on the special counsel's team before being reassigned to the FBI's Human Resources Division, he should be assigned to the Bureau of Prisons. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean working for us. He ought to be on the other side of the bars, this guy. Stroke, who briefly served on the special counsel's team before being reassigned to the FBI's Human Resources Division, oversaw the Bureau's interviews with Flynn. Do you believe this? Stroke oversaw the bureau's interview with Flynn he's out to get Trump he covers up for Hillary and he talks about his buddy Rudy the judge who's on the FISA court that means Stroke was likely one of the FBI officials involved in the conversations where Flynn is accused of making a false statement about his communications with Russia now remember with Russians Comey And his agents had already talked to Flynn. Or they already read what Flynn had said. And they said, look, he got somewhat confused. It's no big deal. They drop it. But Stroke, Stroke goes back and says, no, we're not so sure of that. Let's see if we can have a discussion with Flynn and set him up. Let's try and set up Flynn. He doesn't know that Comey already took a pass. Let's see if we can set them up on the same facts and the same information and trap them, which is exactly what they did. A three-star general who served this country honorably, set up by this puke, this adulterous, good-for-nothing puke, stroke. Days after Flynn's guilty plea, Judge Contreras was recused from the case. Replaced by Judge Emmett Sullivan. Emmett Sullivan is a no-nonsense judge, by the way. No explanation for the recusal has been given up to this point, but experts think the relationship with Stroke may provide that missing piece of the puzzle. Oh, you think? Here's how the Federalist the Federalist website begins with Molly Hemingway, who is superb. Newly discovered text messages obtained by the Federalist reveal... Two key federal law enforcement officials conspired to meet with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court judge who presided over the federal case against Michael Flynn. The judge, Rudolph Contreras, was recused from handling the case just days after accepting the guilty plea of President Donald Trump's former national security advisor who was charged with making false statements to federal investigators. Now, ladies and gentlemen, When you listen to this program, we are always miles ahead. Not because I'm the smartest guy in the room, but because I have experience and knowledge and background and a mind for this sort of thing. Please come back after the break. I've only just begun. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. and judges, there's a reason why the Department of Justice will not allow you and me, the public, to see the application and the extension applications that were presented to the FISA court to spy on an American citizen by the name of Carter Page. And they really weren't interested in Carter Page. They were interested in Trump and his campaign. So he was a foil he was the back door to undertake a counterintelligence investigation of Trump world now they're still withholding they're still withholding almost 1.2 million documents from congress incredible isn't it we had a call yesterday said who has oversight over this apparently nobody If the President of the United States wants to intervene, he's accused of obstructing justice. They got their their Soviet-style prosecutor, this pathetic Robert Mueller, and his Democrat prosecutors. So they've tied the President's hands. They got Sessions recused because of his prior innocent, irrelevant, non-substantive contacts with the ambassador from Russia and so forth. And how they found that out, I'm certain now, is through surveillance. But it wasn't a big deal. Nonetheless, they accused him of committing perjury because he said he never spoke to them. So they sidelined him. So now, Rod Rosenstein just happens to be in charge. Comey's buddy. Mueller's buddy. A long-time entrenched Department of Justice lawyer working closely with Mr. Mueller, running interference for Mr. Mueller. I'm not done. We'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-
1: 3811. Rudy is on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Corps. Stroke and Page were so excited and he was there 2016 he was appointed he's also a federal district judge he was involved in the sentencing of Mike Flynn (laughs) ladies and gentlemen uh, this FISA court these FISA judges have a lot to answer for they have a lot to answer for. Rudy should be suspended and his ethics, quote unquote, should be investigated before he's involved in another case involving any other party. Period. Period. Rudy! Judge Rudy! Uh, he didn't report, best of my knowledge, certainly he didn't mention it to the public, Uh, of his conflict all of a sudden he recuses himself now why would Rudy recuse himself was he concerned that the text messages might come out was he concerned he actually did something that might be improper there's an appearance of a conflict you see ladies and gentlemen well if that's the case then why did the Deputy Attorney General of the United States Rod Rosenstein fight like hell to prevent Congress from knowing about the appearance of a conflict because Rod Rosenstein has a lot to answer for. But this FISA court, ladies and gentlemen, is a joke. It's supposed to protect people, it's supposed to ensure that probable cause has been met in these counterintelligence investigations. There's nobody in that courtroom, nobody else, to speak up for an American citizen or an organization. Nobody. And so you have to rely on the judge. And if the judge is a hack, or an incompetent, or a rubber stamper, then the government can get away with all kinds of stuff. Like a warrant against Carter Page, the purpose of which is to go after Trump. And what what I consider the greatest scandal in American history, when you put all the pieces together. Worse than Teapot Dome. Worse than Watergate. I can't think of another one. That comes close to this. And yet these FISA judges have still not been held to account. Mark, what do you want? A constitutional conflict and crisis with Congress investigating the judges? Congress created these judges, Congress created these federal district courts, Congress created the appellate courts, the Senate. The Senate confirmed these judges, every one of them. We're not talking about the Supreme Court, which has a constitutional uh, foundation. Of course, Congress has the right to determine if these judges and if this court failed to conduct themselves in a way that upholds the rule of law and the integrity of the judicial process. We're not talking about investigating judges because you don't like their, their written opinions. Or you don't like their judicial philosophy. We're talking about finding out why these judges did what they did. Resulting in violation of the civil liberties of numerous American citizens. Why they were the plaything of the Obama administration. Why they were the plaything of the Russians. And the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. That's why we need to find out what they did. They won't even release the applications that were filed before the judges. Let, the, let Trump do that. Why? So Trump can be accused of obstruction by that maniac Mueller? Now, when I was on Sean Hannity's TV show, March 1st, 2018, by my calculation, that's 15 days ago, I didn't know about Judge Rudy, but I knew and I know something is wrong. Like I knew and I know over a year ago, something is wrong. FISA, the FISA courts, domestic surveillance, something is and was wrong. So this is from March 1, this year on Hannity TV. Cut one, go. The judges on this FISA court so far have gotten away without being scrutinized. If you're a federal judge, forget about the FISA court, a federal district judge... Appellate court, the Supreme Court, and you know, as a matter of fact, that you were misled. And I want everyone to listen to this. And you know, as a matter of fact, that the information that was provided to you or the information that wasn't provided for full context led you to issue a warrant to spy on an American citizen under the idea that the American citizen was an agent of Russia who was likely to commit a crime. And by the way, that citizen Carter Page, last time I checked, he hasn't been charged with anything. If you're a judge, and we've had successive judges in this FISA court over a period of one year, and you don't do something about it, Congress needs to look into this. I do not expect the Department of Justice to investigate the Department of Justice. I just don't. I don't expect the FBI to investigate the FBI, but I damn well expect federal judges serving as FISA court judges to make sure that conduct wasn't committed in front of them. That is, that uh, inappropriate conduct wasn't committed in front of them. Cut to go. This FISA judge, and quite frankly was misdirecting when she said, the matter's not before us anymore, when it was still before them, and this court, like any federal court, still has the power to reach back and hold people accountable. She did nothing. She did not call in the FBI, as far as we know. She did not call in the Justice Department. She did not ask answer for answers. She did not ask for an investigation. She didn't call a contempt hearing. Nothing. You know what that tells me? It went on, Mr. Producer. They got cut off. The key point. I said something smells like a rat. Something smells like a rat. Ladies and gentlemen. Now that these judges know. That the application. That started this. Was woefully inadequate. It lacked material information that was known to the FBI. And to the Department of Justice and the application was presented to the court to persuade the court to issue a warrant now that the judges know that the information was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign was paid for by the DNC washed through a law firm and a lawyer by the name of Mark Elias to fund an opposition research organization which then hired a foreigner from Britain who in turn relied heavily on Russian apparatchiks for Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin. None of that, as best as we know from the Nunes memo, you and I haven't seen the application, none of that was presented to the judges. So why wouldn't a federal judge hold the FBI and the people who made these these presentations to the court to convince the court to issue a warrant to spy on an American citizen knowing that that information lacked critical material facts. Why wouldn't that federal judge on the FISA court direct an investigation? Call these individuals before her court And in the end hold them in contempt. That's what a real judge does. Why didn't she do that? Why did it take Judge Rudy so long to recuse himself? After his role in the sentencing. Overseeing the sentencing. Of retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Why did he wait to recuse himself? Until after that fact. The FISA court must be abolished. For the greatest scandal in American history to occur with the assistance of the FISA court. With the assistance of FISA judges. That should tell you that this system, set up I think around 1979, is not only ineffective, it's too effective if you seek to abuse your power of investigation and surveillance all the names of all the judges who had a role in this should be known all of them and they should be required to explain themselves not their judicial philosophy not why they ruled on a particular opinion in front of a district court They should be required to explain why, why they approved this application and why they have failed to uphold the law and protect the court and the integrity of the judicial system. The judicial system belongs to you and me. These are our liberties they're tampering with. That's our Bill of Rights, not theirs, ours. You and I are to be protected from the government, protected from a rogue Department of Justice. Protected from rogue senior officials at the FBI. Protected from incompetent or worse federal judges. You and I are to be protected from these people. How protected do you feel? And then finally from March 1st of this year, on Hannity, cut three, go. A court needs to protect itself. Agreed. Any federal court in America. Yep. If somebody lies to a court, omits material facts to a court, information is not presented to the court, a court is misled, federal judges every day, they hold people to account. These judges in the FISA Court have not, let me just say this quickly, Last it's time to abolish the FISA Court, it's time to create a new a counterintelligence-related court, it should not consist of existing federal judges, they should be confirmed, not for life terms, for given terms. The FBI and the Justice Department, when they go into that court, should not be alone anymore. Finally, Mr. McCabe. Big debate. Should he lose his pension or not? Everybody's sitting on the edge of their chair wondering. Well, I'm not wondering. Mr. McCabe should be fired. Mr. Stroke should be fired. Ms. Page should be fired. They should all lose their pensions. And they should all be read their Miranda rights. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. We needed a special counsel a long time ago to look into this, ladies and gentlemen. You want to know why? Because evidence disappears. Because memories change. What are they waiting for? we know what they're waiting for, don't we? They're worried. They're afraid. They don't want a special counsel. Not like a Robert Mueller. Sort of a a mob lawyer. No, no, no. They don't want a serious objective professional looking under the tent. Can you imagine how explosive this would be? Look how much Only certain members of Congress have been able to find. Look how much only certain members of the media have been able to find. Despite the strenuous obstruction, delay, distraction efforts of the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Praetorian Guard media. Busy chasing down a porn star now. Paula Jones, they trashed. Juanita Broderick, they trashed. Kathleen Willey, they trashed. Well, all of a sudden the media are in love they're ecstatic over a porn star and her lawyer because we all know porn stars and their lawyers always tell the truth no matter what and of course six more people have come forward I'm surprised 6,000 more people haven't come forward because that's the nature of being a public person that's the nature of being a public person All right, I want to talk to you about something. Now, you might think it's a boring topic. It's not a boring topic. When is the last time you checked your HVAC filter? I know. Exciting, right? Not properly maintaining your system can cause illness, allergies, and unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system, leading to costly repairs, even worse, the premature replacement of the entire system. Resolve to breathe better with filter by. America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Now, where do they make these filters? Where do they make these filters? In America. In America. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship free, within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. Filter Buy offers multiples of multiple uh, uh, Merv options all the way up to hospital grade. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, other allergy-aggravating pollution, while maximizing the efficiency of your system. So right now, you can also save 5%. And by the way, all worries about it, too, when you set up auto-delivery, so you never have to think about air filters again. They show up, you remove the old ones, you put the brand-new ones right in. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's what we do now. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. Now, didn't take Mr. Rosenstein very long to appoint a special counsel, his dear friend Robert Mueller. Now, let's think for a moment why Mr. Rosenstein chose Robert Mueller. Out of all the lawyers, all the prosecutors, all the former prosecutors, all the public officials, all the former public officials he could have chosen, he chose one of James Comey's closest friends. He chose the former FBI director who preceded James Comey. Mr. Mueller was not independent. The purpose of appointing a special counsel is to appoint somebody who's not involved in all this dreck, who's not, who's not associated with this guy or that guy, who doesn't have ties to the prior organization and all the rest. Mr. Rosenstein chose Mr. Mueller, who fails on all those counts. Now, Mr. Mueller, apparently has been going to Mr. Rosenstein over and over and over again and asking to expand his investigation. We want to go into the Middle East... Uh, we want to go over here. We want to go over there. We want to we want to put Manafort in prison for a lifetime's 400. We're chasing down the general. Has Mr. Mueller ever gone to Mr. Rosenstein and said, you know, we're seeing all these all these public reports. It's hard to miss them about the Clinton campaign and the DNC laundering their dollars through a law firm, further laundering them through an opposition research firm using foreigners like Christopher Steele and then Vladimir Putin apparatchiks to put together a dossier to influence the election. Collusion. Has Mr. Mueller or any of his Democrat prosecutors, have they asked Mr. Rosenstein to expand their investigation to include that? No, apparently not. And if they have, has Mr. Rosenstein expanded their investigation to include that? No, apparently not. And apparently to Mr. Mueller and his Democrat prosecutors, and apparently to Mr. Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, the fact that Russians paid Bill Clinton for speech is an enormous amount of money. They gave millions to the Clinton Foundation at the very time they were pressing to get approval to control 20% of our uranium. Mr. Mueller doesn't find any problem with that whatsoever. He hasn't asked to expand his investigation into that. If there was ever a time in this country where we needed an objective set of eyes to look at what's going on, it's now, now a special counsel, a real special counsel. I'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here. Broadcasting from the underground command post Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building We've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin
1: Hello everybody, Mark Levin here Our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 I want to remind you, I'm not seeing much promotion of this on TV not that I'm staring at the TV every minute, but I want to remind you about our big Sunday show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. Every Sunday night. No, we're not having, uh, what's her name? What's the, what the porn? The porn girls. We're not having her. We're not having the author, Michael Wolf. We're not having the psychologist from yet. We're not having any of that. We're going to have a great, spirited, thoughtful, substantive discussion. About our Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the war against both of those documents by progressivism past and present. I think it's the perfect program to end your weekend on. So you and your family, your kids, your grandkids, and so forth, I hope you'll tune in. There's a lot of counter-programming going on with CNN and MSNBC to try and slow us down. It's not going to work. We'll have up weeks and down weeks and this week and that week and, and all the rest. But we're taking a time slot on Sunday that has never worked. 10 p.m. Eastern. When people are thinking about Monday morning. So I hope you'll join us. It's going to be a fascinating discussion. Something I think that's also uplifting and inspiring. So we learn more and more about what is great about America. What is America the whole idea of the country, what it means. All you get day in and day out is negative, negative, negative attacks on America. So I hope you'll watch it. If you have a teenager, I hope you'll invite them to watch it as well because they will not get this in their public schools, no way. My guest is one of the great thinkers and scholars on these topics, Larry Arnn, the president of Hillsdale College. You've heard me talk about him here. A sponsor in our radio show, but the truth is, I've known Larry Arn for 30 years, long before I was ever on radio, let alone TV. So I want to encourage you to watch it this coming Sunday night, and I want to make Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, the place that you come to get comfortable, to remember why we are Americans, what freedom's all about. So it's going to be a wonderful show with a a focus on the Declaration, the Constitution, and the forces that that seek to undermine them and eviscerate them. It's about you. It's about your country. It's about your principles. Do you know anywhere else that's discussed in a thoughtful way? Anywhere else on TV? No. Nowhere else. There's a lot to get to. Now, I'm, I'm not going to move off this topic. If you want to talk about it, we're going to talk about it. But I need to tell you about a few other things too. The Russians are attacking our energy grid. That is the way in which you get power. Power to your home, power to your business. Electricity. If our power grid goes down there will be widespread bedlam And death in this country. We're going to have a discussion with that, about that, with the number one scholar on this topic. Who we've talked with before, Dr. Peter Pry. So what Vladimir Putin is doing is he's actually attacking our power grid. Reuters reports the Trump administration yesterday blamed the Russian government for a campaign of cyber attacks stretching back at least two years, well, I guess I would include the Obama administration, which, of course, did nothing about anything, that targeted the U.S. power grid, marking the first time the United States has publicly accused Moscow of hacking into American energy infrastructure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is an act of war. And why we don't tap into their lousy, rotten infrastructure, into their lousy, rotten government buildings... Why we will not take out their lousy, rotten hackers, I will never know. Beginning in March 2016, or possibly earlier, Russian government hackers sought to penetrate multiple American critical infrastructure sectors, including energy, nuclear, commercial facilities, water, aviation, and manufacturing, according to a U.S. security alert published yesterday. The Department of Homeland Security and FBI said... In the By the way, if some of these bums weren't so busy trying to take out Trump, some of these bums were more busy trying to take out the Russians, we'd be in a better place. Let me go on. Department of Homeland Security and FBI said in the alert that a multi-stage intrusion campaign by Russian government cyber actors had targeted the networks of small commercial facilities where they staged malware, conducted spear phishing and gained remote access into energy sector networks. The alert did not name facilities or companies targeted. The direct condemnation of Moscow represented an escalation in the Trump administration's attempts to deter Russia's aggression in cyberspace after senior U.S. intelligence officials said in recent weeks The Kremlin believes it can launch hacking operations against the West without, with impunity. This is what eight years of a radical left-wing transform America president does to a country. Barack Obama unilaterally disarmed America. We're trying to rebuild our military, which is now way behind. We're trying to rebuild uh, related infrastructure, military infrastructure, We're now having to play catch-up on technology. Eight damn years of Barack Obama. Eight damn years of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer serving as apologists and obstructionists for those who actually want to address these things. Eight damn rotten, bleak years. And he arms up the Iranians. He arms up the Iranians. Let's continue. It coincided with the decision Thursday by the U.S. Treasury Department to impose sanctions on 19 Russian people in five groups, including Moscow's intelligence services, for meddling in the 2016 U.S. presidential election and other malicious cyber attacks. It is precious to watch these left-wing lunatic Democrats on TV saying Trump's not doing enough. Maybe he's not doing enough. But whatever he does is far more than anything Obama did. Obama did nothing. Susan Rice told them, told the cybersecurity team, stand down. Quote, unquote. Nothing. Russia in the past has denied it has tried to hack into other countries. Who cares what they deny? Vladimir Putin is a lying scumbag who's murdered his way to the top. He's stolen $40 billion from his people. He's killed journalists. He's killed capitalists. He throws people in gulags who, who dare to challenge him. A guy wants to run against him. What did he do? They arrested him. He's a thug. U.S. security officials have long warned that the United States may be vulnerable to debilitating cyber attacks from hostile adversaries. Really? They've long warned this? So where is Brennan? That clown. Where was Clapper? That clown. Where was Rice? That clown. Where were the 14 secretaries of defense that Obama had? Those clowns. Or the secretaries of state, Hillary and John F. Kerry. Those clowns. And notice, they're never held to account. The media never uses their names. All they say is, they've long been warned. Who was long warned? Let's go on. But Thursday's alert provided a link to an analysis by the US cybersecurity firm Symantec last fall that said a group it had dubbed Dragonfly had targeted energy companies in the United States and Europe and in some cases broke into the core systems that control the company's operations. Malicious email campaigns dating back to the late 2015 period were used to gain entry into organizations in the US, Turkey, Switzerland. And likely other countries, semantics said at the time, though it did not name Russia as the culprit. The decision by the United States to publicly attribute hacking attempts of American critical infrastructure was unprecedented and extraordinary, said Amit Yorin, a former U.S. official who founded DHS's computer emergency response team. Now, let me tell you why the media in this country do an enormous disservice and undermine the best interests of this country. What has been the focus of the media today? What has been the endless, obsessed focus of the media today? A porn star and her lawyer. What was the focus of the media a few weeks ago? An author who had no credibility trashing Trump. What was the focus before him? Some no-name professor out of Yale. Diagnosing the president as mentally ill running around with the 25th Amendment. Our enemies are on the rise. Our enemies are on the move. We need to rebuild our country. And yet, who's stopping us from rebuilding our country? The Democrats. And by the way, not just the Democrats. People like Jeff Flake. And let me say this about Jeff Flake. Maybe I didn't say enough yesterday. Jeff Flake is a very troubled man. He's not speaking out of principle. He's not an earnest man. Not in the least. He's a man with thin skin who cannot get over the fact that he's being rejected by the people in Arizona. Have you ever seen a man who's done so little but gets so much attention? There's the media again. Trying to build up somebody in order to tear down somebody else. I'll be right back. Mark the EMP Task Force on National Homeland Security Executive Director and he has been concerned about the vulnerability of our uh, grid, of our electrical grid in particular for a long, long time. He's written about it. He has testified about it. He came on Levin TV to talk about it. He's been on this program to talk about it. And I wanted you back, uh, Peter, because uh, first of all, welcome. Uh, what do you make of this, this new uh, I guess aggressive effort by the russians to break into our grid system
2: well it's actually not that new you know for some years they've been doing it i wrote a book a couple of years ago called blackout wars that talked about dragonfly which was uh, one of the uh uh viruses that they had used to attack uh not only our uh, uh, uh electric grid system but electric grid systems in nato europe as well uh Nobody knows exactly what dragonfly would do. That's one of the problems with these viruses, but they did manage to insert them into SCADA's in most of the NATO European countries as well as the United States. Uh, The most benign interpretation is that it was intended as an intelligence gathering effort to test our antiviral capabilities to see if in the event of a war they would be able to sneak in. That's the best case interpretation. The worst-case interpretation is that they've already succeeded in inserting logic bombs inside of our supervisory control and data acquisition systems. Those are computers that run everything, basically, not just in the electric grid, but in uh, water systems, fuel systems, communications, transportation systems. And, uh, and that in the event of a conflict or just to blackmail us, they might suddenly turn the lights out with a cyber attack.
1: Well, clearly something different happened in March of 2016, something more aggressive, something much larger. And they're coming out now and they're talking about it, meaning um, American authorities. And I guess – go ahead.
2: uh, Well, I'm glad they are, uh, you know, because they've been – the electric power industry, the NERC, the North American Electrical Liability Corporation, and uh, the utilities have been in denial about this a long time they've wanted the public and the government to believe that they're on top of it that they've conducted exercises that there's nothing to worry about uh but increasingly that's that was never true and uh, uh and it's becoming more and more obvious that it's untrue and uh i'm glad that uh it's starting to come out more and more uh become more outspoken about because it's the only way a solution is going to come about you know if the public gets informed enough and enough people uh get motivated enough so that the Congress and the White House will actually take aggressive action to compel the utilities to protect themselves or and, and to get the Department of Homeland Security and the National Security Agency, Cyber Command, involved in protecting the civilian grid.
1: Let me, let me follow up with a few questions here. What did the Obama administration do? Did they do anything substantive or effective to try and uh, defend against this?
2: Uh, they did not, even under extremely serious provocations. Now, Obama passed some ineffectual executive orders, but it, uh, but it put the responsibility all on the uh, North American Electrical Liability Corporation, that is the NERC, which represents the 3,000 utilities, to do something, basically. And it was basically a voluntary uh, 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 sort of a thing, where the Department of Homeland Security would work out and cooperate with NERC but that the utilities were given the lead to protect themselves against this. Now, that doesn't make any sense, because the utilities are not experts in cyber no. warfare, any more than they're experts in nuclear warfare and EMP attacks or physical sabotage, which are other ways of breaking down the grid. But they like to pretend that they're the experts so that they can give the public and the government false reassurances. And this happened in the context where the Russians actually attacked uh, the— uh, uh, the White House communication systems, and they also attacked the Pentagon uh, during the Obama administration, and shut down uh, important communication systems within the Pentagon Joint Chiefs of Staff for about a, for about a week. You know, so these are extreme provocations, and of course, we're all familiar with the North Korean. Uh, that got the most highest profile when North Korea attacked a uh, uh, a, a uh, uh, you know basically a Hollywood uh, movie producing. Uh, you know, so the Obama made noises about retaliating, but they really never did anything about that. Why don't we retaliate? Under the Obama administration, we, they, they were afraid to do it. They didn't know how to do it. Uh, uh, and we should retaliate.
1: Why don't we, we retaliate now? I think we should. I think we should be retaliating. And what now. should we do? Hit them the same way they hit us? In some respects, it's hard to do
2: that. Because, the, uh, for example, the Chinese and the Russian critical infrastructures are not as dependent on the Internet as ours are. They've actually designed their systems to be hardened against all these kinds of attacks. They use older, more primitive mechanical technologies to run their critical infrastructures. So it's not like we can retaliate against them in the same way that they could attack, uh, that they could attack us.
1: Well, I, uh, I but- agree. I, I agree. But they have stolen a lot of our technology, like in their military systems. It yes, seems to right. me that we could hurt them some way somewhere.
2: That's right. We don't have to ne- we can t- hurt them asymmetrically, you know. Uh th- there are other kinds of uh means of attacking them. Uh th- their satellite systems, for example. If they're going to attack us, you know, uh you know, perhaps we should make cyber attacks or even direct physical attacks on some of their satellite systems. Uh the uh uh economic sanctions, impose additional economic sanctions. Although although that's too easy a solution and 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 sanctions don't hurt these countries nearly as much as we as we like to think so and uh and so that tends to be just a security blanket uh blanket for us one of the things i mean we don't have a strategy and we need to develop a
1: strategy well i do like the fact the president's talking about having a space force like we have an air force and so forth peter pry that music means i gotta go you are terrific we want to thank you You have a a wealth of knowledge, and I hope more and more people are listening to you because you've been blowing this whistle for a long time. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back.
0: want to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call
1: 877-381-3811. Well, there we are. It's a little ad on Fox for Life, Liberty, and Levin. We're facing a serious crisis in American education, folks. This is one of the things we talk about on Sunday as well. Students aren't being taught the fundamentals of our American heritage, what my friends at Hillsdale College call civics education. The result? More and more young Americans are rejecting America's founding principles. A recent survey starkly highlights this fact. For the first time, more millennials would prefer to live in a socialist country than a capitalist one. And my advice is they should try it for about six months and then see if, what they think. Now what can we do? Halesdale College believes the answer starts with a proper civics education. Halesdale is educating Americans with free online courses, Primus charter schools, and a lot more. Now, they're taking the unprecedented step of sending a copy of the United States Constitution and Declaration of Independence to every public school principal in America, along with an offer to provide them to students. Hillsdale does all this because they believe that educating the next generation is vital to preserving liberty and because they love America. Learn how you can help in this historic effort and how you can get your own copy of Hillsdale's pocket constitution to keep or to give away by visiting levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for for your free pocket constitution to keep or share. Levinforhillsdale.com dot com well folks we're going to move quickly because it's only a three hour show and uh, I need a marathon today to be honest with you to cover everything I want to cover and I'm sure the Republicans thought on Capitol Hill they'd get away with all this that talk show hosts would be so distracted that they could only handle one topic for the whole day now ladies and gentlemen there's two things I want to address both this half hour and next hour. Your Republican Congress. Is scheming. To put in place. A massive internet. Sales tax scheme. A massive. Internet sales tax scheme. Your Republican Congress. Is preparing to fully fund. Planned Parenthood. Your Republican Congress is prepared to extend Barack Obama's unconstitutional executive amnesty. Your Republican Congress is preparing under Obamacare to bail out insurance companies. Your Republican Congress is preparing is preparing to advance gun control measures. Your Republican Congress is going to restore the so-called Export-Import Bank, which is essentially a governmental entity that exists to give subsidies to massive international corporations based in the United States. It's welfare. Your Republican Congress is preparing to give hundreds of millions of dollars for a tunnel connecting New York and New Jersey. And your Republican leader in the Senate is preparing a long-sought-after earmark to further empower the National Republican Senatorial Committee to ensure that Republican primaries in your state for the United States Senate are a joke and that Mitch McConnell can be the kingmaker to back incumbents. While you weren't watching. This is one of the reasons I believe. and I could be wrong. Who knows? Who knows? It's one of the reasons I believe the Republicans are going to take a shellacking in the midterm elections. I understand from your emails. Most hosts a few months ago said that that's all propaganda. Don't believe it. Now they're scared. They won't really take a position. I've said from day one, I think we're going to take a shellacking right after the Virginia Election when I saw Republican delegate after Republican delegate get whacked with a state assembly in Virginia went from 64 to 36 Republicans to 50 50 with a coin coin toss where the Republicans have a 51 49 majority, which is no majority since there are liberals among that majority who sell out the majority. Now, I know there are propagandists who will tell you this Congress has been unbelievable because we confirmed Neil Gorsuch. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why wouldn't the Senate have confirmed Neil Gorsuch? He's a spectacular justice, but how is this a spectacular event when the Senate is supposed to do this sort of thing when the Republicans control it? We're supposed to applaud them? well they passed this tax cut mark as some of you are about to find out this is not such a great tax cut now for corporations it's very good for many people who weren't paying much in taxes it's very good but for small businesses it's lousy and for two income families with two professionals a firefighter and a teacher or maybe a lawyer and a doctor or an accountant or whatever it's lousy as you're going to find out. What else have they done? Regulatory reform, that's mostly been done by the President of the United States. Building up the Defense Department. Well, they're not only claiming that they'll build up the Defense Department, they're going to build up every department of government, every agency of government with massive new domestic spending. They are enshrining much of what Obama put in place. And there's no debate on this stuff. Jeff Flake's not out there condemning this. Where is everybody? Now let me be a bit more particular. This is a piece from The Federalist. Republicans have made it a central campaign promise for years to end taxpayer funding for America's largest abortion provider, Planned Parenthood. You know, the left attacks the... the uh, National Rifle Association, as I keep telling you, but they don't attack Planned Parenthood, they fund it. And it's Planned Parenthood who kills people, not the NRA. Now, this issue's gained urgency in light of the Department of Justice investigation into the organization's dealings in fetal tissue. Yet drafts of the latest funding bill, the Republicans, preserve the $10 million a year that Planned Parenthood receives from taxpayers. Extension of Obama's executive amnesty... Republicans who howled for years about Obama's executive amnesty as unconstitutional are about to vote to extend it. And based on recent reports, Senators Jeff Flake and Heidi Heitkamp are seeking to include a legislative fix that would grant legal status to the 700,000 illegal immigrants currently receiving protections under the DACA program. In exchange, Congress would provide limited funding for Trump's wall at the southern border. Folks, you either have a wall or you don't. You have a wall that ends right here, then people go around the wall. While 72% of Republicans support a wall, Trump and the GOP promised they wouldn't extend DACA unless chain migration and the visa lottery system uh, was uh, was killed and unless there was a real border wall. And apparently that's not going to happen. After promising for nearly a decade to repeal Obamacare, Republicans are now crafting a policy to bail it out. To the tune of $30 billion. Now what they'll tell you is we got rid of the individual mandate. Ladies and gentlemen. That's a small piece of it. That's not all of Obamacare. Now if they go down this road. Republicans will not only have failed to repeal Obamacare. They will have further entrenched it. They will ensure its survival. Worse still it is unclear if this funding will be subject to full and legitimate high protections. Meaning. There was a time when there was an amendment to spending bills called the Hyde Amendment. It was bipartisan, where no federal dollars would go toward abortion. Obama eliminated that, and Democrats and Republicans have been funding it ever since. Gun control. The tragedy in Parkland has brought renewed attention to gun control measures, and the Republicans are falling all over themselves to, quote-unquote, do something. It's likely that some form of Senator John Cornyn's fix Nix bill will be included in the Omnibus Funding Bill. This is the type of feel-good gun control measure that doesn't actually solve the underlying issues, and worse, creates new ones. This so-called NICS is already stripping veterans of their gun rights without any due process, and the Cornyn Bill threatens to create more barriers for legal gun owners without solving the problem of gun violence. Criminals, after all, rarely stop in for a background check. The Export-Import Bank... The fate of the XM Bank has been a rare win for conservatives who fought Obama tooth and nail over banks' corporate welfare. By keeping the bank devoid of the quorum necessary to make million-dollar loans to huge corporations like Boeing, Caterpillar, and the like, conservatives have managed to keep the bank's cronyism largely at bay. Enter the Republican majorities. We're reportedly planning to pass a provision lowering the quorum requirements for the bank to approve these big loans to these massive companies. Looks like Iran may get those taxpayer-funded Boeing jets after all. These are Republicans. House Republicans have technically banned earmarks, but that hasn't stopped them from including a $900 million fund for the Gateway Project, an underground tunnel connecting New York and New Jersey. Mr. Producer, aren't there already underground tunnels connecting New York and New Jersey? Haven't I driven through underground tunnels connecting New York and New Jersey and paid confiscatory tolls in order to do so? The project, which began at a cost of $13.5 billion, has ballooned to $29.5 billion. And predictably, the states aren't offering to cover the extra costs. Why would they? When the Republican Congress is so willing to fund one of the largest earmarks ever, Your Internet. You know what's a great idea in a midterm election? Impose a sweeping new tax that nobody likes. House Republicans are planning to do just that by granting states new power to tax and regulate Internet sales made by businesses outside the states. This would effectively give individual states massive new taxing authorities across the country and subject Internet retailers to legal and cost compliance in the more than 12,000 taxing jurisdictions worldwide. The legislation is opposed by nearly 20 conservative groups, but unsurprisingly, that hasn't swayed the Republican leadership. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is way out of kilter. As our buddy Daniel Horowitz points out at Conservative Review, proponents of the Internet tax would have you believe That there is some anti-market scheme to treat Internet retailers differently from brick-and-mortar stores. The reality is that there's no special interest of online retailers. The Internet is a medium of communication, not a select industry. Any merchant, any merchant can choose to sell products online or at physical locations. And indeed, most retailers like Walmart have embraced internet Internet commerce. In this case, online retailers are in fact treated the same as physical stores. For example, if a company owns a store in the home state of the consumer, the company is required to withhold sales taxes. It's just that the logistics of the Internet, similar to a mail order company that got the Supreme Court's ruling in the first place on this matter, offers no logical and fair way to collect taxes across state lines. So in essence, small Internet sellers will go out of business. Many of you, many of you will not be able to sell things on the Internet because you'll have all these rules and regulations and you're not going to hire a lawyer. The damn government, whether Republican or Democrat, they never leave a good thing alone. Net neutrality is government control of the Internet. Internet taxes is government destruction and interference in the capitalist system. And we have these big box stores lobbying Congress because they don't want a level playing field. They don't want to play on the other field. So they lobby Congress to tax the hell out of you and to thwart, thwart economic technology, economic growth, economic expansion, and economic wealth creation. Oh, and there's one other thing that they want to do. Mitch McConnell's long-sought earmark for the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which he controls, much like Vladimir Putin controls the Russian economy. He's about to get one of his long-sought-after priorities, a dramatic increase in the amount of cash that party organizations may spend in coordination with their candidates. So essentially, this allows the party establishment organizations to collude with incumbents in a way that independent political organizations cannot Now, we could call this the permanent swamp earmark. So, in other words, you set up an independent PAC. They're not allowed to coordinate with candidates. But McConnell wants to be able to say party PACs can coordinate with candidates and their PACs. So, in other words, outsiders can almost never compete financially with the establishment. Now, I thought you'd want to know, this is some of the stuff that's going on. It's amazing how little cable TV covers this. It's amazing how little talk radio covers this. It's amazing how little, well, how little it's covered at all. I'll be right back. Mark
3: Lubin.
1: The Wall Street Journal points out that Online sales, despite what you may have been led to believe, represent a total of 10% of purchases. 10%. What's going on here is these lobbyists and these big companies, they don't want competition. They do not want competition. And so they run to the Republicans in Washington. Now. You know, among the leaders of this effort to massively increase your taxes and put these small businesses out of business is a woman by the name of Representative Christy Nome, and she's from South Dakota, and she's in leadership. And her legislation has 50 co-sponsors, and it would let, as the Wall Street Journal points out, some 12,000 jurisdictions can strip out-of-state retailers into collecting sales and use taxes from their customers. A bipartisan companion bill is in the Senate, has 27 co-sponsors. These members of Congress are bought and paid for by these companies. It's that simple. They can try and dress this up as fairness like liberals do. There's nothing fair about this. And you should be enraged because this is going to change, for many of you, your buying habits and your selling habits. Have you ever taken your car for an oil change and the mechanic finds something wrong and surprised you're hit with a repair bill you didn't expect? It happens all the time. But when you have an extended vehicle protection like I do from CarShield, you don't have to worry about those unexpected surprises. Now, look if your brake you know if your car breaks down after the manufacturer's warranty expires, be out of pocket thousands to get it fixed. Replacing your engine alone, thousands and thousands. Even a simple repair to a sensor. It costs cost over $1,000, and there's nothing simple about today's cars. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and it's your choice. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Now, if your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6100, mention code LEVIN, or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN, and you'll save 10%. <laughs> That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6100 and mention LEVIN. A deductible may apply. We'll be right back. President of the United States is making some changes to his cabinet, apparently some changes to his White House staff. He's explained why. He wasn't familiar with Washington. He's was not an expert on these various departments and agencies and what staff members may do in particular areas of responsibility. So now he's learned and now he wants to make some changes uh, that will enable him to better govern and to advance his agenda. And you see, uh, for this he's under attack. He's always under attack. This is supposed to show something nefarious, or again, he's off his rocker, he doesn't get along with people, they don't get along with him, he doesn't know how to manage, there is uh, anarchy. And uh, it's getting worse and worse in our media. Worse and worse. James Clapper was on CNN today, and James Clapper did not defend the United States against the Russians. James Clapper, according to a new book, is a leaker. To me, he's a doddering old fool who should have been charged with perjury for lying to Congress while under oath. But he got a pass, and others don't get a pass. And so he feels uh, emboldened so he goes on TV, constantly trashing the president. Now, if we had a real media in this country, they wouldn't care what James Clapper had to say. They, they would know that he was a partisan who worked for a radical left-wing president named Obama, and that James Clapper failed his country. And that James Clapper committed perjury, but was very lucky uh, that the Eric Holder Justice Department uh, didn't give a damn. Was so on CNN today with Alison Camarata. Alison Camarata has become a caricature of herself. Cut thirteen. Go.
4: And does any of this worry you on a national security level? Beyond the politics of it, beyond the chaos, is are there national? Where,
1: where is there chaos? What's the chaos? What kind of a reporter is this? What kind of a numbskull is Alison Camarata? There's chaos. Let me suggest, if there were chaos, if there was chaos, rather, and Trump was utterly ineffective, they wouldn't be so upset. So she has a loaded question for Mr. Clapper, a leaker. Go ahead.
0: Well, there are, I think, in just this uh, turmoil and turbulence uh, in the, the national security apparatus.
1: There's turmoil and turbulence in the national security apparatus because the president is likely to give McMaster the boot. Why is that turmoil and turbulence? I would say one of the president's strongest areas has been national security and foreign policy. Of which he had zero experience before he became president. So that means he has to be a quick learner. He has to get briefed up. He has to make wise decisions. Where is he has where is he not made wide decisions? With respect to foreign policy and national security and defense. He's been relying on his experts. He's been relying on his generals. And he wants a few more people to listen to And to remove certain other people. Why is that turbulence? Why is that turmoil? That's sensible. Go ahead.
0: That's why, uh, you know, I think uh, the the continued uh, presence and continued tenure of Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis uh, is is so uh, crucial. Uh, But having been in that apparatus myself for uh, a long time, uh, it it is disruptive when you have uh, the constant turmoil and and turnover. Hmm.
1: This man, a failure and a failed administration. They gave us ISIS. They gave us Russia in Syria. They gave us Russia in Crimea, Russia in the Ukraine. They gave us China in the South China Sea. They gave us China in the East China Sea. They gave us China Chinese bases in our hemisphere, in Africa. I mean, is this a joke to bring a clown in like this to comment on what has been, I must say, a very, very successful foreign policy under this president? And he's always out there. It's like this guy representative Jim Hines of Connecticut. Nobody cares about Jim Hines of Connecticut. He's a schmuck. But there he is on CNN again today. And Allison Camarada again. Cut 14. Go.
4: Let's talk about H.R. McMaster. Are you concerned that his position appears to be... All right, let's stop.
1: All of a sudden, H.R. McMaster is the end all and the be all. He's the end all and be all. Tillerson's the end all and be all. This porn star, whatever her name is, she's the end all and be all. The former author, he's the end-all and be-all, this guy Wolf. It's just so obvious. Go ahead.
4: Particularly at this time of national security concerns. Yeah, I'm very concerned, Allison, and I'll tell you what I'm concerned about. Well, that's about. why they
1: brought you in, schmuck, because they know that you're a mouthpiece, a propagandist. And he's very concerned, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Hines of Connecticut. Very, very concerned. Now... We have the morning Schmo and Mrs. Schmo. The morning Schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Mrs. Schmo got to speak today, which is, as I understand it, quite unusual. Now she's the daughter of Zvignyw Brzezinski, the late Zvignyw Brzezinski, who had to be one of the most horrific national security advisors in American history. Horrific. Cut twelve, go.
4: That's- forget that
0: when Donald Trump announced his team, the f- there were four people that everyone was really happy with. Mattis, McMaster, and Kelly, Taylor. and Tillerson.
1: No, no, and- no, 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 no. That's not correct. I didn't hear a lot about McMaster at all. And as far as Tillerson goes, that was actually quite controversial. So that's simply not true. But it doesn't matter. The president has taken the measure of these various appointees, and they work for him they work for him what do, they, I mean, what do they think a president is he's not allowed to fire the FBI director who we now know is a serial leaker and should have been fired a long time ago by Obama Trump had some sense that something was going on at the FBI and he didn't like it not about him about them so he bit the bullet and he got rid of the guy whoa obstruction 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 does it look like he obstructed when they won't leave him alone Now he wants to change some of his cabinet members and some of his staff. Look at this. Oh, my God. We've never seen anything like this. They've never seen anything like this. Who cares what they've seen? What makes these people so knowledgeable, so Solomon-like in their judgments about the staff? They don't work with this staff. They don't work with this cabinet. Trump does. And he decides he wants some additional people and to remove some other people big damn deal you ought to see the turnover on congressional staffs and by the way you ought to see the turnover in the media every time they catch one of these guys with their pants down or their dress up oh yeah yeah what happened to sexual harassment it went away there isn't anymore oh good go ahead Said that's a team that we can trust so we may not we, we
0: won't judge too harshly right. he's gotten rid of 50% of that team Right. where is he no, going no, look,
1: look how they play so Mattis, McMaster, Kelly and Tillerson here's how they they teared up these four we were told these are the best I don't remember t- being told these are the best and we've gotten rid of half of them 50% and now we have a 50% fit truth is the vast majority of the cabinet have stayed the vast majority and even in the case of state, he's taken the head of the CIA and moving him over the state. What stupidity. What ignorance. The media, they bring in these flocks. They know what they're going to say in advance. Go ahead. Not casting. This, is, a cap- this is not casting.
3: This is frightening. Yeah. And but your piece. In She's the-
1: always frightened. Brzezinski's frightened. She's always. You know, this is just. This, this is so frightening. Where's my dummy uh, soon-to-be husband? Oh, that's right. It's frightening. It's horrific. He's mentally unstable. The guy with the W.C. Fields nose and the wood of the woodpecker haircut. Go ahead.
3: Fire drill in the Washington Post. It's the first thing that I've read that actually gives me hope we're going to be okay. because it is Oh, like a shut scary... up,
1: you idiot. Hope you're going to be okay. You've gotten rich being stupid. Oh I'm so worried that we won't be okay with Trump as president. Pathetic. I'll be right back. Much love Let's go to Jake in San Francisco, the great KSFO hey. You know, I used to go to San Francisco. It was a beautiful, beautiful city. Now I understand, under the control of the Democrats, it's really gotten ugly there. Is that true, Jake?
2: It's actually a great place to live. Nancy Pelosi is doing an excellent job being my voice in Washington, D.C.
1: Is she your eyes, too? Are your eyes popping out of your head? Uh, no, sir. Okay, go right ahead. I can tell you're you're extremely intelligent. I can't wait.
2: Thank you, Mark. So are you. I love your show. Thank the reason you. why I'm calling it is because I, the Republicans are complaining about the scope of Robert Mueller's investigation. But I remember back in the days when Ken Starr was investigating Bill Clinton, the Republicans had no problem with the fire reaching special counsel going after the Clinton. Well, let me,
1: let, me, let me inform the country through you about Bill Clinton and what actually took place. The, uh, there was something in place called the Independent Council Statute. And it had a triggering mechanism. It wasn't discretionary. And uh, it was a statute that Republicans and conservatives opposed. And uh, a Republican administration took it all the way to the Supreme Court and lost. And there was one justice who voted against the statute. His name was Anton Scalia. You didn't like Anton Scalia, did you?
2: Not really.
1: He's not my cup of tea. No, no, of course not, because he believes in liberty and the Constitution. Uh, He was the one who said no. Now, let's talk about Ken Starr. Ken Starr was appointed by a three-judge panel under the statute. He didn't ask for the job. He was appointed. And, more than that, his responsibilities were handed to him by Janet Reno. You may recall that Janet Reno was appointed by Bill Clinton as Attorney General. She served almost eight years. Janet Reno kept expanding Ken Starr's responsibilities. Ken Starr didn't ask for his responsibilities to be expanded, as Mueller has with Rosenstein. She decided that Whitewater would turn into the travel office, that the travel office would turn into the Lewinsky matter, and so forth and so on. And what you might recall, but obviously you don't, is that Bill Clinton was very angry with Janet Reno for constantly giving him new areas of investigation. And Reno said... Well, if I don't do this, you know, we could have half a dozen special counsels investigating the, her president under the independent counsel statute. Then the Democrats decided that they would try to destroy Ken Starr. And it was a relentless campaign to destroy Ken Starr. Ken Starr didn't hire only Republicans as prosecutors. Ken Starr didn't ask for his responsibilities to be expanded. That was Janet Reno. And uh, Ken Starr didn't ask to investigate Bill Clinton over the blue dress. That was Janet Reno. And the difference, of course, is that Bill Clinton did commit felonies. Bill Clinton did obstruct justice. Bill Clinton did commit perjury. This is inarguable. Bill Clinton was disbarred. Bill Clinton did pay a fine. And uh, that's what took place. There were underlying events that were to be investigated under the independent counsel statute. There was no underlying event whatsoever just, excuse me, justifying the appointment of Robert Mueller. Now, let me ask you this. I know it's a lot. Did you retain any of it? I did, sir. <clears throat> okay, very good. And, I and my task to... is done. I. Uh, you can't help me. My task is done. You're a foil. You're going to call me. Eh, 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 you know what? What? But that's different. Why? <laughs> All right. Mike, Cleveland, Ohio, Sirius Satellite. How are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Very well,
2: thank you. Um, with the Mueller investigation that's going on, now I understand that President Trump can't fire him because he would be impeached for probably obstruction, right?
1: Did you call yesterday? No, sir. This is the first okay. time I've ever called you. Yeah, I think, I think that's correct. Go right ahead.
2: Okay. Now, can't this Mueller investigation be defunded?
1: Yes. Good point. Now, let me ask you, do you think uh, Mitch McConnell, while he's putting in all kinds of slop for himself, do you think Mitch McConnell will put that in the bill? No. No, because Mitch McConnell is a loser.
2: You are absolutely right.
1: (laughs) Mitch McConnell's for Mitch McConnell.
2: Hmm.
1: All right, my brother. (laughs) The Republican Party is fractured. It doesn't really stand for much anymore. The Democrat Party really is not fractured. It's no conservative or moderate element within the Democrat Party. It's like you know Stalin and Trotsky and uh, the bunch of them f- duking it out with each other and Stalin wins well Stalin won there's your democrat party hmm. All right my friend appreciate your call <laughs> David Vancouver Washington how may I how may I help you
2: Yes Mark uh, I was a former small business owner and I just wanted to differ with you because I'm no longer in business due to the competition. So you favor
1: any uh, internet, uh, internet sales tax?
2: Uh, it was a, it was a sales tax in the state of Washington.
1: Well, I have and one in the state of Virginia. It's called a consumer or use tax. Any purchase over $100, you're supposed to self-report, and I do, and pay it. Do you do that in Washington state? Only if it's for business
2: use internally. So, yes, if if I purchase something in the state of Oregon, then I have to pay the, the self-tax for Washington just for coming across the river and putting it into use in my business. But that's not my, my – the reason that I had such a problem competing was I sold uh, equipment, automotive equipment, but uh, my competitors out of state would sell that equipment on the Internet and not have to so – So what? So what? So
1: what? I don't think you understand economics. All you guys who call me whining about, you know, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that, you need to adjust. That's the whole point. That's why we don't have horse and buggies. That's why we have rubber tires rather than wooden wheels. That's how we have new inventions, new technologies, new services that grow an economy, create new jobs, create wealth, make us an economic superstar. I don't exist. Our economy doesn't exist. Our country doesn't exist to accommodate you. If you want to go in business, you have to accommodate us. You have to give us what we want. We're the customer, we're the consumer. And if you think it's unfair that sales on the internet competing with brick and mortar, then sell stuff on the internet. I'll be back.
0: Listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877 381
1: 3811. You know, building an emergency food supply plan is the cornerstone of preparedness. I've recently started doing exactly that with the experts at My Patriot Supply. This is the week to build that foundation. The week. This is Friday. That's it. So today you can get this Mark Levin special offer from My Patriot Supply. Buy one four-week emergency food kit, only $198 and get one free. Yes, buy one, get one free. Now, why would you buy a kit like this? Well, did you see the hurricanes just a few months ago? Did you see what took place in and around Houston, in and around uh, Key West and other parts of Florida, and the horrific fires, Natural disasters and so forth and so on. These things happen. These things happen. The liberals call it climate change. I call them natural disasters. So, you really should think about this. These kits normally sell for 217 bucks. Purchase one right now at the low price of $198. And my Patriot Supply will uh, add another. An additional four-week food kit free. Call 800-294-2325. Or order online at preparewithmark.com. These kits include breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. Packed in a rugged, slimline tote. The food lasts in storage 25 years. It's shipped for free, very discreetly, to your home. There's a purchase limit of two per order, so we don't run out, and that's the truth. And supplies are limited. Do this right now. Know you've prepared your family for the worst. Call 800-294-2325 or go to preparewithmark.com. Again, Eight hundred two nine four twenty three twenty five, or go to preparewithmark.com. dot com. And right now, I want to go to a guy who is a resource to the world on common sense in addressing this climate change and all the rest of it that's been burped up over the decades. And his name is Mark Morano, and he's a terrific guy. And he's written a brand new book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. And Mr. Producer, please go ahead and put the link to Amazon up on our social sites.
4: Mark, how are you? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for having me on tonight.
1: Well, it's a pleasure. Let's jump right in. Yes. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. Now, when I think of climate change, I don't think of polar bears, but I do think of somebody like Al Gore. Now, Al Gore is, well, he's he's in your book a lot. Why is that?
4: Well, Al Gore, if you will, the, the UN is the source of the Juiced bad science. Al Gore is the face of the movement. And it's just hard to avoid Al Gore if you're talking Scary. about global warming.
1: <laughs> and Al Gore has become enormously wealthy off of global warming, hasn't he?
4: Yes, I detail in the book how he started with a $1 to $2 million net worth after he left the vice presidency. So by 2008 or so, 2009, he's worth $100 million. And he's done it chiefly through setting up companies. Uh, with, uh, he's either on the board of directors or the founder that then ended up uh, soaking up Obama's green energy stimuluses. And he ended up selling his network to Al Jazeera, which increased his wealth a few years later, his old TV network that literally no one watched. Nielsen Ratings lo- rated it the lowest network that they'd ever even seen at the time. And it, he made hundreds of millions of dollars off that sale. So he became the most lavishly funded fossil fuel player in the climate debate and i even have warren buffett's top lieutenant charlie uh, munger in this book just saying al gore was an idiot who smoked dope at harvard yet he made hundreds of millions of dollars and he did it because he essentially was smart with the politics but he you know he, overall al gore knows nothing about the science and he's a central figure in this debate obviously.
1: it's incredible what is the ideology behind this debate
4: Well, it's very simple, you know, and you actually detail this in your book, Plunder and Deceit. It's a a degrowth against capitalism. And there's a lady named Naomi Klein, who's actually sadly an advisor to Pope Francis, who says that capitalism is incompatible with a livable climate. And in the book, I go back in the roots of this is the 1960s with the modern left movement. They latched themselves on to the environmental movement. And it started with overpopulation with John Ehrlich, and it went through the global cooling, and it went through resource scarcity, all these predictions that we're gonna die. And in this book, I go back and I show that there's a different environmental scare, say global, you know, the overpopulation scare, but they had the same exact solutions back then. It was always wealth redistribution, global governance, central planning, less freedom, less choice for anyone in, in, in the world. And it had to be done by central planning bureaucrats who are going to redo the world to make it save the earth. No matter the environmental scare, whether it was the Amazon rainforest scare that we used to have, the big rainforest concerts, You don't hear about that anymore because global warming has literally taken over from that. But it was always the same solution. Government mandates, international bodies, and the U.N. is just riding this wave. They openly admit environmental policy has nothing to do with climate. It is about redistribution of wealth. That's their number one goal.
1: So it's an attack on capitalism. It's an attack on individualism. So it's an attack on the American system, isn't it?
4: It absolutely is. In fact, in the book, and I actually interviewed uh, just recently the German climate advisor, a man named Hans Schulenhuber, and he says, we need a CO2 budget, carbon dioxide budget, which we exhale from our mouth, by the way. We inhale oxygen as humans for every man, woman, and child on the planet. And guess what? The U.S. has already exceeded our co2 budget which means we have to pay because we're over the limit and there's also proposals for carbon ration cards that employers would monitor your energy use your mileage your train travel your plane travel your home energy use if you exceed an amount you pay if you're under you get some kind of credit it's the ultimate in central planning and they're affecting everything from light bulbs to our appliances even consumer reports acknowledges dishwashers and washing machines of 15 years ago, low-end ones, outperform high-end ones today because our Energy Star, uh, so-called energy star from the Energy Department from global warming has zapping all the power and strength from our appliances. So every aspect of our lives, our agriculture, our transportation, our homes, our, you know, they're going after vehicles now with these EPA mandates, and the Trump administration has not addressed this yet. They've statutorily killed the American SUV because of global warming regulations. The, the mileage standards are going to get increasingly steep. And this isn't necessarily a partisan issue because many Republicans are guilty of this whole issue. And by the way, Mitt Romney was begging uh, the United States to stay in the U.N.-Paris agreement. Mm-hmm. So Republicans have been very wrong on that. And why situation. is that?
1: Is it because they're ignorant of the... The real ideological movement behind this, or is it because they think that it, it would help get them elected? What is it that they're willing to surrender to these things?
4: Well, I worked in the United States Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. I worked for Senator Dinhoff. Very conservative members uh, of the Senate and their staff were terrified of standing up to global warming because they did not want to be seen as against the environment, as against the earth. So if you go back to Richard Nixon, and, and this is a broad statement, but I think it's pretty accurate – the most liberal member of every administration, every Republican administration, has typically been the EPA administrator. Why is that? You go to George W. Bush, you go to George H. W. Bush, you go to Nixon, you go to Ford. And the reason is they don't want to deal with the environment. They think it's a, it's a minor issue, and they toss a bone, if you will, to the other side. And this is what they do. They don't realize, as I interviewed uh, Václav Klaus, the former Czech president, he says the greatest threat to liberty we face today since the fall of the Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc is very simply what he calls ambitious environmentalism through the climate policy agenda. And he goes through and he talks about the similarities between how they indoctrinate children under the old system and how they're doing it today with the climate propaganda. Republicans don't seem to have a, you know, awareness of that. They think, "Oh, it's the environment, we can't be against it. Let's toss a bone. We'll compromise on this issue." And that's how it's typically been.
1: And so they can wrap this radical ideology, which massively empowers and expands a centralized government, particularly in a constitutional system. It's very you know, it's, it's 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 impossible to have a constitutional system if we do everything these radical environmentalists want us to do. And so yes. the, the, the it's really an effort to attack capitalism, to attack constitutionalism, to attack the limits on government. And the left has figured that out, but Mitt Romney has not.
4: <laughs> and it's not just Mitt Romney. Obviously, John McCain, you know, I don't know that a president dole all the previous Republicans had problems. George W. Bush, with you know, stayed strong and not signing on to a UN uh, agreement. But he completely accepted the science. He gave all the rhetoric. He's completely supported the domestic agenda through funding. Republicans just have an issue standing up on environmental issues. They've been intimidated and bullied into just being co-opted and going along with this issue. Even people like Newt Gingrich in the past have had. Yeah, oh, alliances yes. with the global warming agenda. So it's been very frustrating to see that. And that's one of the reasons this has been so successful. There's been no real opposition. I mean, you have a UN Paris Agreement that literally, if you accepted the UN science and accepted all the countries who were going to do what they claimed, even the UN admits would not even affect temperatures 100 years from now by any detectable measure. That's assuming they're right, which they're not, and assuming every country. Other but other words, it clear, would
1: drastically affect our, our form of government and economic system.
4: Yes, it affects sovereignty, it affects economic system, and, and as bad as all that is, 1.2 billion people in the, in the developed world don't have running water and electricity. I interview a South African development activist named Leon Lowe, and he says the UN Climate Fund is literally designed to pay off the third world leaders who are best able to keep their people locked in poverty as part of this degrowth. In other words, if you're poor, if you have high infant mortality, high death rate, then you're going to get a lot of U.N. money because you're doing it right. You're living earth friendly. If you're mm-hmm. polluting your river with sewer, if you're burning dung and wood and living a subsistence lifestyle, congratulations, you get the U.N. funding. Actually, you don't get the money. Your government does. Let me, and let me let monument- just say
1: this before we run yeah. out of time. Sure. I can't possibly in a segment. Give this book the attention it deserves or give you the attention you deserve. You're like a one-man general, <clears throat> excuse me, fighting this effort, and you have a complete comprehension of it. I want to strongly encourage my audience. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change is digestible. It's in plain English. It arms you with an enormous amount of information, information you may not have even contemplated before. It's crucially important because we need to push back on this front. And so I hope you and this book are very, very successful. We will link to it on Amazon, on Mark Levin show Facebook, Mark Levin show Twitter. It's the, politi- the Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. Mark, you really are a patriot out there, and I want to thank you for everything you do.
4: Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: All right. Good luck, and God bless. Man, I could have had another 30 minutes with him, don't you think, Rich? Very, very important. All right. I want to tell you about PM Capital. This is a wonderful, wonderful company. But I want you to listen to this because this is a big deal. Excuse me. Some big news from PM Capital. And I'm I'm quite serious about this. They know that when it comes to retirement, most want to make sure that uh, we have the means to travel and see more of this great country. That's why for a very limited time, listen to this because they and I spoke about this and they agreed to do this for a very limited time p.m. capital is giving away an exclusive two thousand five hundred dollar travel savings card with all gold and silver purchases over five thousand dollars that's correct you heard me right you'll receive a free two thousand five hundred dollar travel savings card when you purchase over five thousand dollars worth of gold or silver from p.m. capital now you'll still retain the gold and silver but you'll get this $2,500 travel savings card. Not only will you have the solid investment and the diversity that's involved in precious metals, you'll be on your way to receiving substantial savings on hotel stays across the country. So call PM Capital right now before this stops, because this can't go on forever, this $2,500 travel savings card. Call PM Capital right now to place your order. Call 1-877-382-2503. That's 1-877-382-2503, 2503, 2503. 1-877-382-2503. Or visit mytravelcard.gold, mytravelcard.gold, mytravelcard.gold. We'll be right back. Mark
3: Lubin.
1: Jeff Flake how many Democrats have you condemned for associating with Farrakhan how many Democrats have you condemned for associating with Farrakhan how many Democrats who have associated with Farrakhan have you condemned for not condemning Farrakhan or not disassociating themselves from Farrakhan you see Mr. Flake has a very odd moral priority system It doesn't benefit Mr. Flake to take on elements of the Congressional Black Caucus. Mr. Farrakhan is a racist pig. He's an anti-Semite of the worst kind. Mr. Flake fancies himself a moral arbiter for the country. He spoke at the National Press Club for a long time, trashing the president, conservatives, the Republican Party. I didn't hear him say a damn thing about Farrakhan. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, America, in honor of you. Here we go. Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News Channel Life, Liberty, and Levin. We're going to really get into the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, and you're I believe really going to enjoy it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffy. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. And God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful, happy, safe weekend. See you Sunday.